third and two. Cousins throwing, and it's caught wide open. Touchdown. Amir Smith to get into Carlson's range. Pressure coming on first down. Carr on the move. Zay Jones has it. This one counts, and the Raiders have won it. And welcome to Interesting to See, your daily sports podcast, news, narratives, takes, and a bit of gambling. I'm Nick. Back-to-back Monday night football games. Monday night doubleheaders are awesome when one of them kicks off at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Raiders walk off against the Browns 16-14, to and the Bears melt down and get screwed by the refs against the Vikings. One of the great plays of the season from a defensive back who's just trying his best to make a squad, Tease Tabor, former second-round pick. Now on the Bears, he came up, and he tried to make a tackle, and he made the tackle, but he was called for a personal foul because it is illegal to dive at the knees of a lineman. But he dove, like, around the lineman, kind of, but it looked like he was trying to take the lineman out, but he made the tackle. So they called a personal foul penalty on the guy that made the tackle. And then Minnesota went down to score. Matt Nagy was incredibly mad all game at this incredibly mad we've got this video of him spiking the flag you want to see it it's pretty sweet here i'll pull it up pull it up just for there we go there it is look at him he's got to challenge the spot uh, he Boom. might break something when he throws that challenge right in his face and he was he had every right to be mad he got a personal a personal foul unsportsmanlike conduct whatever coaches can get he got one of those so he, on that play he challenged the spot but apparently he didn't have to because the replay booth bu- buzzed up it was it would have been fourth and uh short or a first down and it was very clearly short. The angles were great, and they he had to challenge it, which is super annoying. He was acting and coaching like a guy that knows that this is his last gasp. But a couple time, a couple points last night, Matt Nagy looked like he might uh, actually go on the field and punch someone right in the face. Justin Fields did not look great. I don't know what you do if you're a Bears fan. It doesn't look awesome. The Browns played without basically their... Quarterback room, they played with, with Nick Mullins, a third-string quarterback, their backup, and their starter, Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield, are out with COVID-19. Or they're on the list. They did not test out of it this morning, so therefore they cannot participate. The last Yesterday morning, they couldn't participate yesterday, and uh, yeah, it looked like it. Uh, of my three bets I gave you yesterday, one of them hit. Whoops. That's my bad. But we've got more NFL football coming up today. We'll get into that in a second. But first... I want to start with this uh, analytics thing, this feud that's been going on. So the Ravens, remember they went for two and they went for the win against the Steelers and they didn't get it. And then two weeks later, they went for the win and they, they didn't get it against the Packers. They did one on the road and they did one at home. So here's the discussion. And the Ravens had Coach Harbaugh mic'd up. Of course he's mic'd up, but they were recording it and putting it on the internet. This has 1.1 million views on Twitter. And this is his discussion of the situation. Okay, so this is analytics people and football people disagreeing. They have Tyler Huntley. They're at home. They're playing the Packers, who are a better football team than them. Huntley, the undrafted free agent from the University of Utah, he scores on the ground with, like, I don't know, a couple seconds left, like 40 seconds left or something. So, like, do you want to go for the win? And let's listen to Coach Harbaugh's uh, his reasoning and whatever. Again! There's a touchdown. Kick it or go for what do you all think? Now, we, we can kick this and go to overtime, and we're in good shape. Or we try to win it here, then we just try to keep them out of field goal range. What do you want to do? What He's asking the quarterback. We can, we can, we can yes. go into overtime right here, or we can go for it. 
Want to try it? Tyler Huntley said, let's Huntley win the motherfucker, the man. The right, so here's the play. Throws, broken up, incomplete. Uh, bad play. Someone was wide open in the end zone, but Tyler Huntley's played exactly like five minutes of football in his life. So he, he doesn't know that when you roll to the right, if there's not open, there's sometimes there might be a late over route over the middle. Uh, and that was the case, and that's you know that's just being a rookie. Or he's not quite a rookie, but that's, ba- that's being young and, and whatever. So this analytics thing is is, is continuing to happen. Here, here I'm going to analyze it. This is really great. I think that people put a lot of effort into. You should go for two. You can win probability, or you should play football. Uh, how about you just like lay it out? If we go for two and get it, that's good. If we don't get it, that's bad. If we go into overtime and we win the coin toss and win, then that's good. And if we go into overtime and lose the coin toss and lose, then that's bad. There, I just analytics it. It's literally not – it's not more complicated than that. People want it to be more complicated than that. It just fucking isn't. It, it, it isn't. Two points are better than one, but it's risky. So, there. I just fixed it. Uh, college football, Reddit, one of the greatest Twitter accounts in the world, pointed this out to us yesterday. The NCAA – Football championship series, national championship game featuring your Montana State Cats against the North Dakota State Bison, which will happen on January 8th, 2022, which is one day, two days before the uh, NCAA Division One championship. Those tickets cost $385. 385 However... Those tickets for the first round of the playoff game, the Cotton Bowl, featuring Alabama versus Cincinnati, cost $149. That's embarrassing. But it's at Toyota Stadium. Let's see what Toyota Stadium is all about. I did not do my investigative work here. Let's find out. Toyota Stadium. Frisco. I think that that's the problem here. I just cut to the bottom of this. This, The capacity is 20,000? Why are they playing it there? Who the fuck got paid that they're playing it in fucking Frisco? What? It's a soccer stadium in a suburb of Dallas. What are we doing? I feel like they should ever see Friday Night Lights where they like negotiate where they're gonna put where they negotiate where they're gonna put the uh, state championship. They should do that. This game should be played in Denver. What are we? What the fuck are we doing? 20000 for a national championship? Whatever. If the stadium's empty, it's empty. Who cares? Good for them, though. Making that money. Get your paper. It's all about money. Money, 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 money. All right. Let, uh, let's move on. we got some hockey stuff and some NBA stuff I want to talk about. So this video isn't working because of why would Twitter do the thing I needed to do? There we go. So this is a cool thing that happened. Um, now, in the world of athletes having power, they are starting to answer stupid questions, uh, honestly. Instead of, like, the Peyton Manning corporate answer, they're starting to really do the answer that you want them to do, right? And that that's awesome. So this is Rem Patrick, or Rem Pitlick. Um, I think he's Canadian, and he's kind of a youngster. He's trying to make the squad in Minnesota, and he's made the squad, but he's, he keeps getting healthy scratched. And oftentimes, the way that it works in hockey is that when you become a prospect, unless you're just mega elite and they put you with the best players in the team, that's happening right now with Detroit. It's happened in the past with Pittsburgh. They put you with the best players because they need you to participate right away. But if you're not one of those guys, you start on the fourth line, you start on the third line, you start doing the gritty, awful, hard parts of hockey, blocking shots, just whatever it takes to get on the ice. And then once you're on the team, you have to play the way the coach makes you play. Very famously, the Islanders, they play very boring. They play left-wing lock kind of stuff. They tire you out, they, and, and it wins for, it works for them. They almost won the Stanley Cup last year. They were probably the second-best team on the planet. 
So, but you got to buy in. It's a team sport. The coach and the team, it's all got to be simpatico. Well, this Rem Pitlick guy, he hasn't been making the squad. So they asked him how it feels being healthy scratch. And he actually gave a real response, which is awesome about like being forced to play things he's never done before and being forced to play a style that he's never played before. So here we go. Is it, frust- is it um, frustrating? I mean, I'm a human being and yeah, I, I want to play. So I, I guess I'm going to leave it at that. But I understand that we're a team and um, they want to see something that, that is uh, growth in my game. And I have no problem doing that. We all have views in life and I think that's what makes life cool. Like there's so many different ways to look at it. And they see it a certain way. And I'm going to try to, um, I guess, blend it into my game and uh, still maintain a sense of self and how I see the game as well. So he's like, yeah, this uh, is not what I would want to do, but I want to be a professional hockey pusher. So I'm going to do it. I love that shit. Good for you, Rem. Let's move to the NBA now. The NBA and the NBA Players Association, a.k.a. the Players Union, agree to allow teams that are shorthanded by COVID-19 to sign replacement players. Yeah, duh. Like, I mean, the NFL expanded their practice rosters from like 15 to 30 or something, the practice squads, so that if someone needed to be called up, they be called up, they could do that. The NBA and the NHL being ravaged by COVID right now, the most viral variant of that we've ever discovered, along with people going back indoors because of the cold. It's going to happen. COVID's about to be everywhere. I would recommend everybody get their vaccine. So that it doesn't ruin your life. Um, and this is this makes total sense. I can't believe it took this long, to be honest with you. If, if you're, you have like five guys out with COVID, you're trying to protect the guys. NBA guys got some, some we know that being an African-American has some, some risks associated with it with regard to COVID, whether or not that's health disparity or whether or not that's actual genetics. Who knows? But, and then a lot of NBA dudes are bigger dudes. We know that being a bigger dude can be bad. Joel Embiid of the Sixers reported that. It got pretty, got pretty hairy for him for a while. He was hospitalized, I believe. It was not a good situation. So... The NBA has got to be careful uh, with player safety, of course, and that's what you want at your workplace. But it's so stupid that you wouldn't be able to like, hey, here's a guy that is 6'9 and plays uh, semi-professional basketball. Can he please play for us? We don't have any players. <laughs> there are more than 70 players who are out this week in the NBA uh, after testing positive with COVID, including Kevin Durant and some others. I think it just wouldn't be bad for the NBA, NHL, and NFL to just be like, hey, how about for 10 days, everybody goes home. But the problem is... The players are rich and they don't want to go home. Uh, I don't blame. Say la vie, baby. Say la vie. Let's go back to uh, football last night. Robert Quinn regarding the refs via Chicago.com. He says mm, the refs seem like they're controlling the game a little too much. If a play is clean and they're throwing a flag over something that they thought can change a game by just one flag, I mean, let guys just ball. That does suck for T. Staber, who's trying to make a squad, and he made the, probably the play of his life. It was a huge loss and a like a big play, huge loss, and they called him for a penalty that just didn't happen. It was uh, a bullshit would be a good word for it. And I feel bad for Tease, man. I really do because he he had a tough time in Detroit, and then he bounced around. He's like a practice squad in San Francisco. I think he was in Miami for a little bit. He's had a really tough time, and this kind of stuff. It can really, I mean, what's he supposed to do? He was called up because the practice squad because they had everybody hurt, and he played his ass off. He's a good tackler. He's kind of slow. He's had some injuries and he's had to go through that. I my suggestion to the NFL would be like if you have if you can confirm things, just if you're gonna throw a flag, make sure the NFL confirms it. If you're gonna throw a flag that's 15 yards, I'll, we'll just start with personal fouls. Just be like a talk or whatever. You're already making you're already going through these dipshittery conversations anyway. Just make the NFL be like, all right, confirm or say this. Just confirm it or not confirm it. It can happen so quickly. It re, I mean it really. It can happen, like, you can just review it overnight. Everybody in uh, on Twitter last night was talking about, um, I'm going to put this up on YouTube, Kurt Warner wore a puffy, bright silver coat to call the game in Cleveland. The NFL Network tweeted, who wore it best, a Hershey's Kiss or Kurt Warner? 
absolutely hilarious. Now we scroll down a little bit. We have NFL Game Day comparing him to Derek Zoolander. Love it. I love that. Kurt, you are. And then what did Barstool? I got to find the one that Barstool put out. They did a Seinfeld reference. Where are you, Barstool? Uh, then the Seinfeld fans among us. Oh, it's Gore-Tex. There it is. George Costanza, Kurt Warner. You want to see that shit on YouTube? That's hilarious. Oh, Kurt, you have no style at all, and your movie is going to be trash. But it's going to be inspiring to some. Those movies, those uh, silly, inspiring sport movies, people really like them. I don't like them, but people do. People do really like them, and I can't, uh, can't disrespect them for that. The Eagles have a backup quarterback controversy, which is awesome. All you want in the whole world is for Eagles fans to be fighting about who their quarterback is. Is going to be Gardner Minshew. There's a column today in the Philadelphia Daily News. The Phillies, should, the Eagles, the Phillies, the Eagles should start Gardner Minshew over Jalen Hurts if they want to win. Love that. Love that. Put that in my veins. Oh my God. Eagles quarterback controversy. You literally cannot hope for anything better than that. You can't. It's just the best when Eagles fans don't know who their quarterback is. They are just, they're so delightful. It's awesome. I love my Eagles fans. They really are. They really are simply the best. Got some college football going on today. Your Wyoming Cowboys. Three and a half point favorites over Kent State. The over-under is 59 and a half. No respect for the Cowboy defense. Do the Cowboys play defense? Apparently not. Apparently not. The Cowboys' money line is one minus 165. That's pretty, wow, they really think that that's, that's a big three and a half points. This is going to be at Albertson Stadium, the Idaho famous potato bowl. It kicks off at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those of us in the Eastern Time Zone. It is the solstice today, and it is still dark outside where I am as I record this. It's dark, 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 dark. Other games going on today. The Mountain West has some time to continue to flex. I don't think the Mountain West has lost a bowl game yet. I could be wrong on that, but I don't think that they have. San Diego State, number 24 in the playoff committee rankings, is playing UTSA, number 24 in the AP rankings. So it's going to be a good matchup. UTSA has got a great year, and San Diego State will be by far their best opponent. I don't, I don't mind this bowl. I mean, if they had gone undefeated, I would like them to have gotten a bigger one, but they didn't, So and neither did San Diego State. San Diego State punter apparently is worth the price of admission, but who's to say? Moving on to the NFL, let's get to the NFL. i got some best bets and some preview stuff to do. The Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. And then I, this, is, this is bullshit. This is some bullshit. We need to riot. We have Tuesday night football and the A-holes at the NFL and at Fox and CBS. I think it's Fox and CBS. Whoever it is should be throat punched. They're, making these, they're, they're kicking these two games off at the same goddamn time. What are you doing? Why would you do that to us? These are two famous teams. It's going to be a great atmosphere. It's the Eagles at home. Gardner Minshew. It's Matt Stafford and Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf. What are we doing? They're at the same time? Screw you guys. Anyway, I've got some bets for you. Uh, I was one for two last night. My bad. Maybe you shouldn't follow me. I love Washington to cover here. So the line opened up. Uh, Washington is a, an eight-point underdog. Then it went to eight and a half. And now you can get it at some places at six and a half or six. Even if you uh, live in Pennsylvania, you can get it at six. So they only need to they need to lose by less than that. Um, but if you can get it at a bigger line, you want that. So FanDuel's got the biggest line. Washington plus seven. I love them to cover that. I think the Eagles are good. But I think Washington is tough, too. Divisional matchups or whatever in the back door will be wide open. The Eagles team does have a lot of issues. And both of these teams are going to, I think, I suspect they're going to try to run the ball a lot. 
and that means that it's uh, it's less likely to me that a team will blow out another team by more than seven because the game will be over quickly uh, before the, the leads can build up. Uh, Seahawks, I love the Rams in this one. They are favored by seven across the board, except for in Pennsylvania at Sugar House Casino. You can get the Rams minus six and a half, which is where it is the easiest. Um, Seahawks have the worst pass defense in like human history, essentially, and Matt Stafford has the best scheme group of receivers and confidence combo of his life. The Rams own the Seahawks defensively. They still have Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald last I checked. They're going to crush the Seahawks. I think seven is generous. I think this is going to be more than 10. That's easy money, uh, in my opinion. I don't love any of the over-unders. Over-under, the, the Rams are going to have to do the majority of the heavy lifting for the over-under in the Seahawks game. But it is only 45 and a half or 40, 46, depending on where you can get it. I love both of these. I love the favorite, the Rams, and the over. I love the underdog, the Washington football team, and the over in, in both of these games. Which, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not super confident about it, but I do I do think that's the way that it's going to go down. I, I mean, Matthew Stafford is really good. I can't, watch the, can't wait to watch the Wyoming Cowboys. They just look good. I hope they're wearing their home-and-homes. I want to bring up, as we get out of here, if you're on YouTube, this picture. We had the sons of some legends playing at a golf tournament. I don't know what it was. It was these really great golfers were playing in a tournament with their son so yeah tiger woods and his like seven-year-old son or 12-year-old center shot a 57 which is crazy but the real winners were the dailies john daly smoking a cigarette like a gorgeous beast that he is and his son looks like a frat star who plays golf at the university of arkansas john daly is a legend he's what if the big lebowski was rated r rated x and played golf all right we'll be back and better than ever tomorrow like rate review subscribe thanks for hanging out